What's so funny? I just don't. I don't really know what you want. Well, so <laughs> I know what we're doing here. Well, I wanted to talk about. It's John. It's John. Gluten is not your problem. Conversations with culinary chameleon, modern day Renaissance man, and my friend Walter Schmidt. Join us for insights, musings, and rants on food culture, life, the universe, and more. Please enjoy. I'd like to start today's show with our segment. Are you recording again? Called already? Such and Such and So and So. Yes. <laughs> Where we don't know what we're talking about and but nothing it, makes it, sense. But it's some type of game. But it's some type of game. I don't know. Um, so. You are on the White Claw bandwagon, a hundred percent. You I love it. think it's this great. is the best thing since this is what it's just like drinking a beer, but without that horrible having to drink a beer thing. You don't like because you don't like the flavor of no, beer. I don't think anybody really does. You, it's one of those acquired tastes. Like, wow, coffee, this tastes like shit, and then you you drink enough of it with cream and sugar to dull your senses, and then you get older and older, and your more and more taste buds die, mm-hmm. and you start to die a little inside. And when when those two deaths sort of come to terms with each other. You know, you're a 40-year-old man drinking black coffee, you know, at 6 in the morning, waiting for the sun to come up. You know, that's that's how we learn to enjoy a good cup of coffee, right? I like mine with a I put a little stevia and a little bit of cinnamon. That's... Uh, I'm like, so, but I put it in the whole pot. Stevia? Why, what's wrong with sugar? It's just not going to kill you. I understand. I just don't want the calories. Because I'm going to count them. And I just put a little pinch of stevia in the top. Like You burn them. You're burning calories now. Yes. So you can have some calories now. Like I do. You've made I, some vast improvements. And I don't want to ruin what you got going on here, buddy. But I'm telling you, stevia is worse for you than sugar is. It's an extract of sugar. It's a weird chemical fucking compound. Well, white sugar is not good for you. Please, don't tell me. It's not bad for you either. Yes, it We've is. been eating it for millions of years. And we're, we're a Doing nation great. of obese people. Now, that's McDonald's. That's not even sugar. That's well, just... they put sugar in everything. Sugar is everywhere. Yeah, well, don't eat everything. But I'm saying a little, like a teaspoon of sugar helps the mm-hmm. medicine go down, Johnny. <laughs> and, you know, if you just put a little bit of sugar in your coffee... I can't. I don't <laughs> live in this 1955 fucking world of yours. Like when kid. when refined sugar wasn't as processed and in everything. You could, yeah, even just like turbidol sugar or whatever. The sugar in the raw sure, is still I better could. for you than goddamn stevia. I don't... Look. Yeah, when they start cutting polyps out of your neck or something or whatever the cancer form that comes out of Stephen, they figure out, oh, if you or a loved one has been exposed to Stevie in the last 30 years. Listen. Yeah, step step right up and collect your check. Get your get your $100 fucking check. For my Stevie polyps? <laughs> For your Stevie polyps. Why does it make you so angry, though? Because there's nothing wrong with sugar. If you okay. everything in moderation, right? I'm not lots arguing and that, lots and lots but of moderation. You're, so your concern is with the sugar industry or the, my health? Is is with the the buffoonery of like so we you, have to come okay. up with this new shit? It's like oh mm-hmm. aspartamine or aspartame or whatever. Like they keep right. coming up with like like olestra, you know, which causes anal seepage. But gosh, there's no fat in your chips. That's great. There's no actual fat. Like uh, what was that stuff? Um, not olestra, but the uh, I know what you're talking about. The it was the first one. It was the first one back in the nineties. It was called eighties. Um, yeah, it was called. Um, it wasn't Alestra, was it? Margarine. Oh, margarine. Margarine was originally developed to fatten geese. Mm-hmm. It in a more inexpensive way, but yet the geese wouldn't eat it. 
So they're like, well, what the hell are we supposed to do with this shit? Oh, we'll just repackage it, market it back to, to humans, and we'll sell it to them because they're stupid enough to eat it. The geese aren't. Mm-hmm. But people will eat it. And, and bacteria won't even grow on this shit. I mean, it's like, that should tell you something. If life won't grow on it, then Don't there's no nutritional body. value to it. Don't put it in your body. Like I, that's, I mean, that's, listen, I'm not trying to tell anybody how to live their life. I just like a little stevia in the top of my pot of coffee with a little bit of cinnamon. I could probably move to something more natural. I don't understand why you can't just have the, like a teaspoon of sugar. Like it's not going to unbalance your whole thing. I just don't want it. Is that okay? Is that okay? Is that okay? Yeah. Does it upset you? Puts chlorine in there for all I care. It's great. So, you know, there are people who drink chlorine. Have you heard about this shit? What do you mean? Who's drinking chlorine? I mean, my grandma used to put it in the milk, but that's... <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> but only like a, like a trace amount to try and kill bacteria. Not... I don't even know where to begin to you, look this up. You ever been up. swimming as a child? Like, you swallowed yes. pool water. There's chlorine in there. like, And you seem to be okay, except for your stevia addiction. Yeah. <laughs> um, so there's this guy. No, that's not him. Um, Just to, so the listeners know, if you drink a cup of bleach, you will die. Don't. Don't, don't do any of this. No. Whatever, whatever John's about to read here. Um, no, this is awful, and you shouldn't do this. And this is um, what is this idiot doing? So we're all on pins basically. And heels here. He's I know. And so this guy, and I don't, I can't remember the doctor's name. I'm so, I'm so sorry that I am. Uh, he's not a doctor. Doctor of what? MMS. So basically, um, they're basically it's called Miracle Mineral Supplements, and it's basically bleach pills. And they're saying like to. People are brushing their teeth with this shit. They're chlor- chlorine dioxide. Like, is chlorine dioxide safe to ingest? Well, and it says I in mean, its pure form, it's a hazardous gas. So they're basically saying they're making bleach gas and they're right. ingesting but it. But they're brushing their teeth with no, it. No, these not people ingesting. are drinking it. MMS. Because you're and not supposed to ingest tooth- toothpaste. Says if you ingest too much, like you should induce vomiting. Like you can't eat toothpaste either. No, it's 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 called the Miracle Mineral Solution or MMS supplement. Uh, supplement solution, yeah, either either or, uh, and, and basically it's an industrial bleach. There and they're saying that um, the mixtures produce uh, chlorine dioxide, a toxic chemical that, in high oral doses, quote unquote, can cause nausea, vomiting, diarrhea, and life-threatening low blood pressure, so on and so forth. So it can lower um, my blood pressure. <laughs> MMS is falsely promoted as a cure for HIV, malaria, hepatitis. So they're basically saying, yeah, this guy, Jim Humble. Um, and he wrote this book on it and he talks all about fucking drinking bleach, eating bleach, taking bleach supplements to cure all of these things, including cancer. That's disgusting. So yeah, it's pretty fucking awful. Um, yeah. What are those ladies called? The ladies, the, the glowing, the glowing ladies? I don't know this. Maybe you had some bleach. I don't know. No, no, no. It's like back, like before they knew, like back in like, what was it? The twenties or thirties? Maybe it was like mid thirties. They didn't, when they discovered phosphorescence there was like a radioactive like uranium they would mm-hmm. grind it up into these powders and use it to like put on watch dials during the war like on the on the um the soldiers watches so they could see the time at night mm-hmm. and, like it would glow without having like for like days it would just glow in the dark and these women they would like lick their their brushes between painting these dials and then they they found out they're like oh my lips are glowing in the dark and then they'd like start putting on as makeup and they they were they were called like the glowing ladies of New York or something like that, and they all ended up dying of cancer, Jesus. like horrible horrible deaths, like it, because they didn't know. And was like, oh no, it's fine, it's great. 
It's the new drink. The stuff. The new yeah. fat. Like if I drink enough of this, my pee glows <clears throat> in the dark. And then they're like, oh yeah, twenty years later, Everyone's or even dead. five years later, yeah, these women, their jaws are falling off, and um, that's awful. Yeah. So anyhow, I just kind of like that. You said something about bleach in the milk, and I know that was probably what they did on the farm. Well, she would she would bring she would bring it to a boil, pasteurize it, and put a little bleach in there. That's also why I always tell people not to drink chocolate milk, like that's pre-made in grocery stores. Well, because the dairy farms, you know, they they have these automatic things that go on the udders, and they're a little bit more violent. Like you get a little bit of blood in the milk. Like that's just kind of that's what's in there. It's, it's mm-hmm. you know, milk is kind of a gross thing if you really think about it. But so if there's too much blood in there that they can't bleach out, they just make chocolate milk out of it. So if so there's if too there's much pus and blood, then that's then they, what the chocolate milk. That's is? where they make chocolate. They put oh, send that off to the chocolate they guys. They just pack it full of enough sugar and nobody knows, and then they drink it. That's right. Um, so powder. like if there's too much nipple chafing from the pumps, then that gets. Well, I don't know. I mean, my grandpa eventually got one. I mean, because we were milking cows when I was a little kid, and then he eventually got one of these things and. I know Bessie didn't mind it so much, but most of the cows really hated it. Like they put these big weird metal things, these sucky things on there. It's it's loud and gross. It sucked the milk out. Hmm. Mm. Probably just like Mm. a breast pump. Probably like an industrial breast pump where you're locked in. That's too much. It wasn't. Nobody was locked in. She could have like run away. Like the cow was never tied up. Yeah. They just kind of stand there, and you just put this thing on them. It suctions you. Well, I'm just saying is that bleach doesn't belong in food necessarily no, in any way, shape, or form, and I would encourage or discourage. Well, it's a from... salt, so I mean, it's not like it's gonna. You know, it's like, a what? It's a salt. Chlorine. It's... Chlorine is a salt. Yes. Okay. What do you mean by that? Chemically. Chemically, structure. it's a salt. Yes, it's, it's in the family. Right, and um, so like but you can't but you can't drink it. Things. You can't eat it. No, don't, don't, don't. I mean, but I mean again. Swimming in a swimming pool in like small doses, like you swallow a little pool water, it's not mm-hmm. gonna fucking kill you. Like no, in small amounts. Yeah. Still, I would not encourage anybody to drink pool water. No, pool it's water dumb. or it makes any sick. kind. Ugh, I, um, sick I know. I've taken things like I try to not to fucking get as many uh, plastic bottles. I try to. I'm trying to reduce the amount of plastic in my life, and I'm finding it impossible because everything's fucking plastic. Yeah, and the whole world's on fire and I don't want to be political about things but it's just fucking frightening yeah it's terrifying we're gonna be out of shit soon have you stocked up are you stockpiling you ready for the apocalypse I've got enough peaches here yeah. but I don't know <laughs> peach problem handled um but so anyhow I I have a couple of large liter bottles and I've had these bottles for a long time like mm-hmm. I mean I just use them I refill them with water and have you heard that's not good right because the plastic is it's getting into the into, yeah. so I, I I don't know what to do I mean I, I guess but so I would use a little bit of bleach in this to kind of clean it every once in a while I put mm-hmm. a little bit in there and wash it out and I mean it does break down eventually as the as they found out with like Neil Armstrong's all the spacesuits mm-hmm. from the from way back when they're starting to break down the plastics are not they're not forever. So, I mean, if you you could conceivably compost it, fill it with dirt, bury it in your yard, it's not... But then the they dirt. talk about all the microplastics that are in the sea and, like, it's yeah, just... Yeah, I'm not saying put it out to yeah. the ocean. I'm saying bury it in your yard and let oh. it, like, in 50 years... You know, gonna it's going to be a really long time. Yeah, you could <laughs> grind it up. It's not great for the environment. Maybe, yeah, shred it and let some birds make a nest out of it or something. I don't know. As long as nobody's eating it. I don't know that it. I, I could... D- I can't express that want or desire to the birds outside. No, like, they'll hey. do it on their own. They're always oh. looking for stuff like mm-hmm. that. 
If you like go up and see a bird's nest, there's all kinds of weird shit in there. Yeah, they just find all kinds of stuff. Um, Earrings. It's where all you your socks go. <laughs> That's in the bird's nest. I don't know. And you mentioned space, and I had some news I wanted to share with you. Oh yeah. <clears throat> so I believe it was an Israeli aircraft that accidentally crashed on the moon. So not only what. Uh, some sort of spacecraft. How the hell do you accidentally crash on the Well, they didn't do it on purpose. So they crashed. So not only now... And there's no real rules for this kind of space exploration, right? Mm -hmm. We haven't really written any rules because it's not international law because it's space law, right? Right. It's not ours. It's not ours, necessarily. We did stick a flag in it. Right. (laughs) So not only did it leave a bunch of trash on the moon, but it left some tardigrades up there. Oh, really? So... So here's the thing in the Were article that I read. Were we just careful not to bring them? I mean, did we... <laughs> they brought them. On so, accident. So you know what a tardigrade is, right? I do, I do. Right? Should so we explain called, like, people? Water bears? Yeah. yeah little, please explain. Microscopic six-legged little bears with like these little proboscis, little toothy mouth things that come out that basically survive in any environment. Like they can go, what, upwards of 30 years without any food or intake of nutrients? In a vacuum, in space, in vacuum, in under space. high amounts of pressure, which and is heat. impossible. They for- find them like underwater, like like near the volcanic stuff, like where nothing else can live. Yeah. yeah. Tardigrades are cool. So, and they're almost, I mean, they're almost cute when they look at, a, when they look at them up close. Yeah, but if you think about one being the size of this room, That'd you're terrifying. Yeah. So the idea was, here we are going to explore space, and perhaps we should be a little more careful about the shit that we leave behind, that we, we spill, we throw out the window, and especially things like life. Like, should we just be, like, throwing weird life forms willy-nilly across the universe? Did you see the uh, War of the Worlds? No. That was the whole premise. It was basically, like, the microbes on Earth that we've kind of grown and adapted with over millions of years mm-hmm. are what actually killed off the alien oh, invaders. Yeah. That was the new one, right? Well, that was the old one too. That it was the microbes. Yeah. It seems like such a fucking cop out plot point. Talk to HG Wells, man. I don't know what to tell you. Was that him? I think so. Yeah. I think it was HG. But I don't you think we should be more careful with like life forms out there? Like do how do we know what should be doing a lot of things, John? Is that really on your list? <laughs> the uh the bacterial pollution that we're gonna bring to uh our brothers Jupiter, and sisters Mars? on on uh alpha centauri i don't know cling or cling on you're worried we're gonna accidentally bring the the uh was it the smallpox smallpox some sort of space plague i don't know space aids we're gonna bring space the aids space to... aids something i mean it's <laughs> possible right well i mean i think that's something that we should worry about from our alien brethren who come to visit us too it's like what are they bringing to the table some weird are they sterile did they come down they like take me to your leader and they reach out their little hands like did you wash that sir like Mm -hmm. i don't know what your evacuation system looks like but you know if you shake it more than three times is it still alien (laughs) what do you think about um aliens like the, are you familiar with the Fermi paradox? The what? What? No. The Fermi paradox. So Enrique Enf- Enrique Fermi was a scientist, and he was basically saying that. Um, and I'm going to read it for you right here. Um, he was an Italian American dude, and he said that there's there's no way there's not like there's right there are billions of stars in the galaxy that are similar to the sun, 
And many of these stars are billions of years old, mm -hmm. older than the solar system, with a high probability that some of these stars have Earth-like planets. Mm -hmm. And if Earth is typical, some may have already developed intelligent life. Mm -hmm. Some of these civilizations may have developed interstellar travel, a step the Earth is investigating now. Even if at that's the even possible, like time travel might be possible. Like, yeah. is interstellar travel possible? I mean, we talk about breaking out of the Earth's atmosphere to get to the Moon. That's extremely difficult. Getting out of the solar system is also pretty difficult because you mm -hmm. get sucked back into the sun you think oh we made it to mars we're home free we can just go to alpha centauri from here but you can't you can't get away from the goddamn the sun's the gravitational sun. pull i mean so imagine trying to get out of our galaxy like what does that look like is that is intergalactic travel even really possible for anybody for anybody if you could do that could you just in fact go back in time would your engines be strong enough to go faster than the speed of light in a smaller setting i don't know but I didn't know that that was the guy's name, but yes, I've heard that theory before, so you, and yeah, I agree with it completely. It's just If you look up at the sky, like if you go to Texas, where it's just, there's no mountains, it's just horizon to horizon, and it's pitch black, it's almost like it's almost as bright, like on a new, new moon where there's no moon, it's almost as bright as if there was a moon. There's so many stars, it's insane. And it just, it's so bright. And to think that, I mean, to say the word trillion and not even mm -hmm. fathom what that how big that number actually is and not even come close to how many stars are out there. So you say that there's got to be life out there somewhere. Of course there is, yeah. Because whether or not they're more advanced than we are or less advanced than we are, I mean, also you have to think about the, the time dilation of when we see them. Like if you right. get your little thing, you're looking at their planet. If we could actually look and there's we just see dinosaurs. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Right, because the light is traveling faster than, you know, by the time that Whatever those aliens that we could actually see already, don't even exist. They've already colonized their their thing, and their stars already exploded, and they're already gone. You know, it's and like, we're just seeing dinosaurs on the other planet. Right? Yeah. Um, would you be scared if the aliens were coming to Earth? I mean, do you think that? Well, if we address the the health concerns <laughs> of like whether or not they're bringing bacteria with them, what their intentions are. If I mean, I don't know. Dogs and cats seem to have a pretty good life. Would that be the worst if we were some aliens' pet? You know and I run into you at the grocery store once in a while, you know, you're, like, you're on your leash, oh, I'm hey. on my leash, we're like, hey, 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 and they're like, oh, isn't it cute? They, they, oh, like, they each know other. each other. Get Look. over here. That's right. Time to go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but then all you have to do is sit in a window all day and eat, and once in a while they bring in a girl and, mm -hmm. you know, make more people. It's like, oh, this is a purebred human. Let's... Oh, yes. We want well, more humans to be just as cute as my little human. So that brings up like that, I mean... I don't know. I, I, well, wouldn't, don't you think it would be even scarier if we were actually alone? With these creatures? No, just in the universe. If we were the only thing in the entire universe, as big as you know it to be. As I big feel as like it would be a lot of responsibility for us, like what we're going to leave behind because, you know, our star is not going to last forever. And I don't know what, um, what objects you know like the the pyramids will probably be long gone by that hat by the time that happens but you know like what are we going to leave behind for anybody to see or if an alien civilization ever does come it'll be so long and there'll be so little left yeah there was a um no, i'm not going to go into science fiction but um yeah slaughterhouse five addresses the whole you know did you see that or did you read that one yes i, I read it a long time ago yeah the guy he ends up in the zoo and with that, is that what, star. yeah <laughs> um but i don't know man i'm just uh yeah there was um i guess i have to talk about it okay because there was a star trek episode yes star trek next generation 
where they're running around finding these weird similarities between the Klingons and the like all the different species of mm-hmm. creatures. Because like, oh, why do we all have heads and two arms and two legs? Like the similarities are a little bit odd. And there's like these certain group of scientists that are trying to investigate this. Why do we all have two eyes in the front of our heads and a certain language construct and similar? You know, like they're, I don't know, they're kind of breaking fourth wall a little bit, like trying to break down like why is the Star Trek universe the way that it is? Right. And what they kind of decided is like there was this original race that like became they eventually you know broke interstellar <clears throat> travel and all this intergalactic travel and they just went around into the cosmos and but they were the first and they found that they found out after a couple million years of just being on top like we're alone there's no other species there's no other life that even comes close to what we are so they planted the seeds of these of their genetic structures on all these planets so we're all actually related to the that was the way that they That's, got around the criticism that all the aliens look the same? Basically, yeah. Because they have to get human actors? Yeah. Because, yeah. Nice. But, I mean, yeah, this other scientific shows, sci- scientific, sci-fi shows, like uh, Babylon 5, mm-hmm. a good one. The aliens are all crazy. Like, they're all, like, they're not human-ish. At all. I mean, there's a few, but... Right. There's also quite a few that are not. Would you, um... Would you volunteer to go to space? There's that whole Mars thing coming up, isn't there? I don't know. I'm looking but... for people to raise their hands. I don't know. I would maybe go second or third wave. <laughs> you wouldn't be the first. First wave is, yeah. I don't know. You like to know kind of what's That's up. basically certain death. And I mean, of course, we're all going to die. Right. But do you, I mean, like the pioneers who came over here, it's like, yeah, we called them the pilgrims, you know, the Mayflower and all that. But, you know, Eric... You know, was he one? Like, he's not remembered. We don't know who he was. You know, like... You just know that there was the group There was a group of, of people, yeah. So you'd be, be the second Martian, to Martian Mars? pilgrim? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know either. I, I, I think I'm, I'm fine right here. Let's see what happens with the tardigrades on the moon first. <laughs> Let's see what they they're come up with. They're still up there. They're just floating around. Well, of course, yeah. Like, I don't know if they're going to go collect all their trash, that, this, 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 this spacecraft that... Crashed? What do you mean? Like I hear the word trash, and I, I, I picture like crumpled up bags of Lay's potato chips. <laughs> like, what are you saying they left behind exactly? Well, I'm not saying they left anything. It's just a shattered. It's the innards of a shattered craft. I mean, oh, I don't know. Person? Did a person go up? No, and... I don't. I think it was unmanned, except for the tardigrades. How did the tardigrades get in there? But it was a satellite. They put they put them in a satellite. Okay, here. so it was a satellite it wasn't they a shot ship. it. It, wasn't it a sounded ship. like you were. It was like a spaceship. I'm sorry. This guy's flying from point A to point B and goes, whoops, hey guys, I'm kind of headed toward the moon here. Any suggestions? Bam, he crashes and now we got tardigrades and some dude hoping to get rescued. No, Um, it's not like Matt Damon on the moon. That's what I sounded like. I guess it's more of a satellite. I I don't know. Please don't take everything. I mean, I don't know exactly everything. I don't either. Um, But I think it was on Vice News or something like that. I was... (laughs) Is that even a real show? Yeah, it is. TMZ? She's not no, on TMZ. I do not. <laughs> no, Vice is a real thing. They got their own show on HBO now. <laughs> Did you know that? Is it cracked? No. Mad, mad yeah, TV? No, not bad TV. Um, the Onion? I read this on The Onion. Do you think that... I mean, what do you think about like the conspiracy that the aliens have already been here and that we are actually part of it? Oh, the lizard people thing? I think that's 100% true. Do you? No. 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 <laughs> but that they came and built that. I mean, <clears throat> the pyramids and all the that? The pyramids. 
What do you think about all that business? No, I mean, like, they're like, oh, but why are there pyramids on different parts of the world? Because that's the easiest way to build a structure, and they didn't have technology. Like, they couldn't build struts or flying buttresses. Like, eventually they figured out how to do, you know, how architectural, you know, things like that work. So they all, yeah, start with a wide base. And if it gets smaller, then I can build it really. So we'll start with a really big base. Hey, guys, I got this great idea. Okay, well... Big base and go all the way up. So it's just, again, I think that's the emergence that we were talking about before yeah. was just lots of different. That's just the way that human brains thought, right? Regardless of what part of the world they're on. Yeah, the high having the mm-hmm. high ground, you know, in a fight is always a good thing. So mm-hmm. like, if I build my own high ground, then I'm the one on top. So I will build this big platform, you know. Mm-hmm. So our civilization will be built up on that. Will always be on the high ground. Do you know a lot about ancient warfare? I don't think so. I mean, I don't know. Test me. What do you got? <laughs> I don't. I don't know what's in here. <laughs> uh, I don't. I don't know. I was just curious. <clears throat> um, like the Spartans. I mean, you're familiar with that movie, right? Yeah, the the Battle of Thermopylae. <clears throat> it's pretty fucking um, amazing. But um, I don't know. I just I don't think that I would be willing to go to space. And I think that you know, it's hard enough living on Earth. Yeah. <laughs> It'd be easier up there, I think. Less gravity. You know, like, your heart wouldn't work as hard. Like, I think you'd live longer. Do you? But your body's used to the gravity. My body is used... It's been... It's yeah. Been, you'd be a superhuman. So you basically want to find a place where you can be Superman? You want to go to that planet? Well, <laughs> yeah. Is that an option? Is that an option for us? Absolutely. <clears throat> and I feel like the whole thing with Superman and, like, his power of flight, that mm-hmm. he was just... Could they kind of fly on his thing, on his planet? Or because it's one thing to be less, have less gravity, then I would just be floating. Right. But this whole idea of being able to propel yourself with nothing except for this magic power. Right. Like he's got no wings. He's got no. Right. So the way they explained it, and also there was an issue in the first movie, the Mm -hmm. first original movie with Christopher Reeves, where the helicopter is falling. Lois Lane is in there and he's going to go catch her. He catches the helicopter by, like, the edge of it, Mm -hmm. like, with his hand. Like, that wouldn't just rip the metal right apart and it would continue falling. Right, because it's got momentum. Right. But so there was a comic book I was reading a long, long, I don't even know if it's still out there, but there was this whole thing about um, he had, like, a a cape made out of red kryptonite or something. He was flying around in a vertical, like, he was, like, standing, flying, like, he was, like, super powerful Superman. And he was doing all this stuff to try and test his powers. And he would, like, grab, like, a mountain or grab something and pick it up. And they're like, how the hell do you do that? Like, why wouldn't that just break off? And they address this issue because basically it's like flying. He's not, like, necessarily just flying around. It's the, and it's the yellow sun that gives him this power. It's why the Kryptonians don't have it. Because the power of the yellow sun. I'm pretty sure everyone knows that, John. But, right, but we know... Oh, go ahead. Continue. Finish. So when he grabs this, the table leg, he basically makes a force field around the entire table. He's not just grabbing the table leg. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So that's why he grabs a helicopter. He puts a field around the whole helicopter and basically imbues it with his whole sense of flight. Like when he's flying with Lois Lane and holding the, just the tip of her hand mm-hmm. and then they're flying around and everything's fine. The minute she lets go, he doesn't have her anymore. She's not inside of his little field. And did they ever get to test his biology, his DNA of Superman? Does that ever get addressed? Because he can't break his skin. <clears throat> He can't break his own skin, so like, he can't break a bone. He like never, he doesn't get, he never gets hurt. He gets hurt. 
I mean, he got sick one time when in Superman four when the when his clone scratch because so. Lex Luthor breaks into the museum and steals a strand of Superman's hair. That's like ho- it's like holding up a, a like a thousand pound weight or something. And he mm-hmm. like clips it with a pair of tin snips and steals his <laughs> DNA and then uses that to clone a Superman by throwing all the nuclear weapons into the sun. Creates Nuclear Man. Mm-hmm. And uh, Nuclear Man scratches the back of his neck, exposes his skin for the first time, and he gets sick. That's why Clark Kent the next day is like they're like, "Where's Superman? Where's Superman?" Clark Kent's like. He's, he's like me. He's like coughing and. I don't know. I'm I'm just I, I'm I'm skeptical. I mean, I know it's not a real. Well, you should be. It's, it's, like, it's a comic book, and it's not real, buddy. It was fun to read when I was a little kid. That's why I don't. Yeah, I don't read them. Anymore. But you're not a Superman fan anymore. What do you mean? Oh, you are. Once a Superman fan, I think always a Superman fan. It's it's like a John Cusack movie. It just kind of gives you a moral compass on like what what are we doing. Is it right? Is it good? Is it true? Is it helpful? What are those? What's that thing? Is it right? Is it helpful? Before you say something, you're supposed to go through this checklist of. Is it? Is, is it, it nice? Kind? Is it kind? Is it helpful? helpful? Something else. You, something. Something. Apparently, we need to go. We're doing back. really good at it. <laughs> um. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I. I just. I don't know. I guess that that. I guess it just it's magic, and that's all there is to it. Well, it's yeah. I mean, it's psychic magic, but yeah, it's. it's they they try and put some science behind it. It's the yellow sun, whatever the fuck that means. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's their idea. Okay, so it's the yellow sun. Yeah. Um, and I wanted to ask you about one more thing. I know you have to leave soon. Oh, I do. But, I do. I always have to um, go. And I know. And please, everybody listening, stay tuned because the green camel is going to give us some more of his uh, sage like advice. I can't wait. Um, but I saw this thing online. And, you know, we would talk about like we were talking before about prepping and being prepared for the end of the world and stuff like that. Did you know that Costco was selling a 27 pound bucket of macaroni and cheese? Wow. What's the expiration date on something like that? I don't know. It's all. Well, (laughs) at first I thought it was like already pre-made and you just scoop it out all like cooked. That's what it sounded like. Yeah. No, it's not. So it's it's dried. So, I mean, it's just like a box of macaroni and cheese, but it's sealed. Yeah. It wow. makes like 190 servings or something like that. Like, Ugh. I feel like just a case of smaller boxes would be a better idea. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I mean, unless you really got to feed all those people at the same time. No, I think it was more like a doomsday prepper kind of thing. Yeah. Do you feel like it's important to be prepared for the end of the world? Well, you know where the, the term uh, no. 86 comes from. Where? The, the bomb shelters in the 50s. They're built to hold 85 people. So if you were 86, you were... You're not getting in. But a bomb shelter for 85 people would be enormous. Would it? Can you imagine being in any space with 85 people yeah. for the rest of eternity? It, it wouldn't I mean, be for big 13 enough. years yeah, or whatever. I don't know. How long was that? How long were they under? 30 years? It's 30 years for um, that uh, Brendan Fraser movie. <laughs> I'm not going to talk to you about Blast for the Past. <laughs> That's amazing. That's like his best film. <laughs> Oh man, oh, I love you that. You like movie. that? It's so yeah. good. Alicia Silverstone, uh, Christopher Alicia. Walken, dude, everybody good. That Maybe I'll have movie. to revisit it again. You should. Oh, I need my Rick and Morty back for you, by the way. You can. You got it. Thanks. <laughs> That's it. It's John. So we are back here with the doctor once again. Dr. Green Camel, yes, yes, to talk with us about some of the pitfalls and perils 
that can come in the service industry. And today I wanted to ask you about um, the good and bad eating habits of working in a restaurant. I've worked in a lot of restaurants and I've been, I've, I've eaten really well and I've eaten really poorly and I've had some really delicious meals and I've had some, some really terrible meals. But um, I find that, you know, we're, you know, you get a family meal. So, and that's not always something that is amazing or great. You know, a lot of times they're terrible and it's whatever the kitchen can put together for free, right? Mm -hmm. Or we're yeah. on the cheap. Right. So how do you, um, how would you suggest somebody who works in the service industry and maybe somebody who's who's kind of broke and that's one of the things that's one of the benefits right when right, you're young right. and, and you're broke is is that you can generally eat for free at least one meal a day yeah some places yeah they provide you with a family meal and that family meal can be whatever usually stuff that they're trying to get rid of and uh, they're not usually worried about your dietary concerns some some places will take good care of you and and god bless those places but you'll often be eating french fries and nachos and uh, pizza or burgers or chicken wings or whatever it is so really the responsibility is on you because if you don't take control of what you eat then you're at the mercy of whatever's there and you're gonna get hungry you know you know you work your shift you're like you're ready to eat anything and so yeah let's have some fries let's eat these nachos let's let's load up on whatever is free or readily available or I get half price and you're just eating stuff that's all buttered out and and the nutritional value is low um so again you're like you're looking for your shot your 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 uh your shift drink and then you get a burger and some fries and you do that two or three times a week maybe how every shift that you work so you you don't really pay attention you don't you're not you're not in control of what you're consuming you just go there and eat whatever is available and and that will catch up to you as well. You gain unwanted gain unwanted pounds from the you know from all the booze and the food. Uh, you know when you're young and your metabolism is high, you're like this is no problem. But then if you're still in the business as you get older, it will just it'll just weigh on you. There's layers and layers <laughs> of bad food and too much booze. And, and you were just talking about the. Um that you had just finally shedded the risotto pounds from last year. <laughs> Again, because, you know, usually the bar and the kitchen have a, a pretty good relationship because the kitchen wants booze and the bar wants food. So, yeah, I had a sous chef that wanted his whiskey at the end of the night and was always willing to, <laughs> to trade. So, do I need a big box of buttered up risotto with lobster and scallops? Four nights a week? No. no. But at 10 o'clock at night after my shift, I'm hungry. And here's a guy bringing me a warm dinner mm -hmm. for free. And it's it tastes really good. But, you know, a couple of months into that, and now I've gained 15 pounds. And the older you get, the harder it is to get rid of that. So, yeah, it's really nice to have that. But is it good for me? No, it's not. Mm -hmm. And... So what would you say to somebody who, to, to, to combat that? Like if you're, so if I, if I'm going to work and, and, and I'm at the mercy of, how do I not be at the mercy of whatever's available at the restaurant? Right. It's, it comes with understanding like what is going to happen if you continue to do these things. And when you first start, you have no sense of that. 
So again, it's like saying, what am I? What am I? How much am I going to like? What? You know, what is my daily, weekly consumption of alcohol? How many drinks am I having a night? You have to kind of keep track of it. What am I eating every day? How much of this stuff is good for me? Like, where do you, where do you figure out like, this is acceptable and this is not? You have to be aware of this stuff, and a lot of times it doesn't happen until you have a setback. You, your blood pressure is too high, or you're gaining too much weight, or whatever it is. Uh, you, you know, this kind of awareness is not nobody really talks about it. It's not in your training manual or this is just things that you come to realize. Do you, um, do you bring, would you suggest bringing snacks with you or eating before work? Um, yes. If you're, <laughs> if you work in a place that really doesn't provide you like with, uh, healthy options, then you have to bring your own food. Um, I like to bring something, uh, whatever kind of snack that I think is, is better than french fries or whatever if I need something, a banana or... Uh, hard-boiled eggs. Hard-boiled eggs, like yeah. Hard-boiled eggs are a good snack. Um, but yeah, something... You have to control what you eat. You can't be at the mercy of the restaurant. So if you can provide for yourself, if you can do that, then you'll be in a better place than just at the whims of whatever the restaurant puts out for you. Okay. And... Um... And make make friends with the sous chef, and and you know you can maybe get right. a little little salad on the side or something. Some when salad, uh, one of my favorite things to eat at the restaurant that they put up for me is uh, avocado toast. So I often get a, a piece of toast with avocado and hummus and a hard boiled egg. Mm-hmm. Uh, to me, that's a good that's good fuel for the shift. Right. Um, I'm lucky that this restaurant cares enough to do that. I've worked at other places where they just put up whatever and they don't care if you don't eat meat or you don't eat dairy or whatever. Which you don't. Right. (laughs) So if you have these restrictions, it really is up to you. But even if you don't, you still need to make sure that you're you're taking care of yourself and don't rely on the restaurant to provide you with nutritious food. Um, They're just going to look out for their bottom line, so you have to look out for yours. Don't eat every single French fry. <laughs> right. Uh, free alcohol is, sounds great, but in the long run, it's not great to have easy access to as much booze as you want. Mm-hmm. So, I've also found that having food prepared at home for myself so that after work, I'm not inclined to spend $70 on DoorDash to have Taco Bell delivered right. to my house at right. 2 o'clock in the morning. Yeah. Yeah, you really have to prepare. Like in the restaurant business, you have to prepare yourself. You have to get up mentally to deal with all the different things you're going to have to deal with the guests, the coworkers, the kitchen, uh, management, all of these things. Um, you have to prepare. You don't just walk in there and be like, okay, I'm at work now. You know, you have to have your, get your food ready, you know, get your mental state together, get some exercise. Like it's not just, it's not just walk in and everything is on, you know, you have to really kind of train for it, uh, as you get older, especially. Um, all right. So yeah, like if you're in this business for a long time, you really, the onus is on you to take care of yourself. Make sure that you get good food, that you're not drinking too much, that you're not wasting your money, that you're not falling into the kind of easy, bad habits that the uh, restaurant business offers. Fair enough. Don't eat every French fry. And uh, I, <laughs> there was one place where I was on the bacon program because they just had the big 
boxer or the mm-hmm. big hotel pan full of bacon yes, and I, they didn't care and they were just like yeah so i would be eating bacon all shift and yes. that's this hard to resist <laughs> it's free bacon <laughs> i remember those days too they would just i would eat like 10 to 15 pieces of bacon that's not a good idea no no um multiple times a week I there there was one restaurant I worked at where I would eat so much pasta they actually got a big ceramic dog bowl with my name on it because I could eat that much you know like mm-hmm. I, I had to learn through a lot of painful experiences uh, about what what to do and what not to do and usually I learn by excess and then I have to scale that back and so that's why I'm here trying to plant seeds. So hopefully other people will realize that they're, you know, heed the the warning signs on the road. There are other healthier ways to continue. Yes. Good. Yes, there are. Well, thank you once again for stopping by. Thank you, John. (laughs) It's John. Thank you for listening to Gluten Is Not Your Problem. Send your ideas, comments, and questions to glutenisnotyourproblem at gmail.com. We'll see you next time.